Hello, hello, hello. It is me. It is me, your True Hill Phenom SP3. Yes, I am in the driver's seat, the anchor seat tonight here on Smack Talk on Sports Kita by WrestleBinge, Sports Kita WrestleBinge, aka. And I am joined by the legendary manager, wrestler, mind himself, and the greatest mustache in the world, Dutch Mantel. Dutch Mantel, oh. how are you, and when are you going to light that cigar? So that's a double question to start off. Well, I am fine. I really am. Watch the show. I like the show. And am I ever going to light this cigar? If there comes a time when I'm very, very happy and I'm ready to celebrate, I will light the cigar. But oh, yeah. only, So you sat all day that. long and... And, and, and thought about asking me that question because this past week I ha I bet I have been asked about this cigar at least 20 times by email. Wow. People, people actually, actually use your email when you, when you plug it. Oh yeah. They, they loaded up dirty Dutch mantel with two L's at gmail.com. Write me now. I'll, I'll get right back to you. Also, if you want one of my books, which are uh, right back here. I don't know if you can see them or not. But, here, we'll give you the, the uh, full screen. Oh, there it is. Look at that. Right here. Tales from a Dirt Road and The World According to Dutch. Write me and uh, I'll sign it for you and get it right back to you. But this week, I've sold quite a few books in the last couple of weeks. See, it, anytime you're, you're selling something, you'll have hot periods. Uh, some weeks that go by, I won't do much. Then all of a sudden, I get hit, and I, I, I do 20 books. And you can get them also on Amazon, too, but they're but they're not signed. So if you want one, I uh, highly, highly get uh, recommended. There's probably a few fans that would have loved you to continue the one-man show, one-man SmackDown review. How would you do as a one-man SmackDown review? Oh, I would just get – just. I'd have to have a bunch of notes in front of me to keep me online. Uh, I could do it, and it, but it probably wouldn't be an hour. It'd probably be like I don't know, forty-five minutes. Or what I would like to do, I would like. I would actually, and I, I'm, I'm going to suggest this. We do a live show like this one, and we actually take fan calls. I'd and be then, we, and, 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 and and fans piss us off, we can just cut them out and hang up. I'm you down know? for that. And, and then them. Well, they can do that. Yeah. They can do that today here with some super chat donations. Feel free. Yeah. Oh, yeah. To we need back to what we do here, and then me and me and Dutch can ask for a raise from uh, Sports Kita. Oh yeah. Okay. On these on these chat donations, where do they go? I I, I suspect it goes to Sports Kita, the 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 the, the, the powers that pee at Sports Kita Towers. Yeah, and, and and I don't. I we never see any of it for some reason. I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. Check. Okay, next time we have a union meeting, we have to bring that up. There we go. But yes, I, we're I, here. I want some answers. Go ahead. We are here to review WWE SmackDown from October twentieth, two thousand twenty-three. 
And like you said, you enjoyed the episode. And this was a, a building block episode as they're building to Crown Jewel. And they did a lot of things for that. So we'll, we're going to start off with, of course, the Bloodline stuff. So leave your comments in the live chat. If we see any good comments, we'll try to highlight them. But of course, you can, of course... Send a super chat donation, and it will make sure that we uh, that we highlight your comment and and you see it on screen, and you can hear Dutch Mantel's thoughts on your comment. You can do that with a super chat donation. But also remember, drop the thumbs up on this video. If you're watching us on Facebook, you could drop a thumbs up, a heart, a like, a laugh emoji. I already see folks using those. Feel free to put all those likes, and you can also sound off in the live chat as well. But Let's get into WWE SmackDown from tonight. And the show kicked off where we always love to kick off a Dutch with the bloodline. As the wise man, Paul Heyman, was center ring for an opening segment. And he wanted to talk about, <laughs> he recalled uh, what Jimmy Uso did on Monday Night Raw. Saying that Jimmy single-handedly cost Jay Uso. And most importantly... Cody Rhodes, the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championships, and Heyman then noted how the Los Angeles Times uh, broke the story earlier in the day that Roman Reigns will face LA Knight at Crown Jewel for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship, and how it was the most read article on the LA Times today. Heyman says that he's just like everyone there, outside of the fact that he dresses better and makes more money than everyone else there. Heyman says that what they have in common is that they all are fans of L.A. Knight. You get the yeah thing, and Heyman says, yeah. stop yeah. it. <laughs> he says, L.A. Knight, he throws a fit. He tells the crowd not to do that when he's talking. Heyman says, Crown Jewel will be the last time everyone will see Knight inside a ring. And Heyman said, Knight will get smashed at Crown Jewel by Reigns and this brought out LA Knight. The crowd explodes for him coming out, and we get a LA Knight uh Paul Heyman promo <laughs> here as LA Knight intimidates Paul Heyman. He says all Heyman has to do is making is he's out here making a whole damn lot of a whole a whole lot of damn noise. And he says Heyman can take a walk because he needed a Reigns ass out here. He sees that Reigns isn't coming out. Heyman goes to try to leave and he <laughs> uh... Hey, where are you going? He was like, you told yeah. me to leave. <laughs> yeah. That was a good, good interview. I like. I finally liked it when Paul Heyman, he, he was saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, he's trying, he almost got it right. And he said, you're pathetic. Get out of here or whatever. That was a good interview. It did what it was set out to do. Uh, Heyman was the star of it. And, and bringing L.A. Knight helped it. So I think that's one of the better interviews uh, of the year, I think, because I, I really, I, I really enjoyed that one, and no need for any kind of a, a physical altercation or anything. It did what it's supposed to do, and they got out. I really liked tonight's show, so I'll love it. Yeah, I, I don't, I wasn't that high on that. I didn't think it was one of the best of the year, but I thought LA Knight, his, oh, connection, his connection with the fans is just undeniable. And it really drives it these segments. And he was able to kind of, and you could tell that some of it is kind of like ad lib. He's just going with the flow of it, how the segment goes, however he feels in the moment. That's what he's going to say. So I love that about him. And I loved how Paul Heyman played off him. So it was a, a definitely a good segment to open the show. And LA Knight does note that 
next week there will be a contract signing and he tells Heyman that he better make sure that when he talks to Reigns he better tell Reigns whose game is it and of course it is LA Knight's game and he throws the mic in Heyman's chest so a good way to kick off the show and we would get more of the bloodline throughout the show sprinkled in here Dutch Mantel as later on we would see a backstage segment where uh, Paul Heyman was in the bloodline locker room and in came Jimmy Uso you had Solo Sokoa standing behind Paul Heyman looking intimidating and Jimmy Uso comes in and he says he was the starting quarterback at Raw even though uh, Reigns called the play he said uh, he said he celebrated he said, yeah, I was in there. I was the starting call. I was like, blue 32. And then I threw it. And he's like, touchdown, touchdown, bloodline. And he's celebrating. And the camera then cuts to John Cena showing up. And he's walking backstage. And this brings out John Cena. And he talks about the fact that he talked about Reigns' streak last week, 1,130-something days as champion. But he has a streak of his own. He's gone 2,002 days, Dutch Mantel, since he won a televised singles match. Did you, you know, ever go it, that long? Between televised singles wins? Oh, I probably did. I used to get beat all the time. They stomped the shit out of me. Uh, is that true? 2,000 days. You, you believe that's true? How long has he been away from WWE? Well, he said he said his last his last singles win was 2018. So that's more than five years. So, yeah, it, it, it adds up. Well, five years times 365, that's only like 1750. Where the other 250 days come? I don't know. I'm saying it's a it's a long time. It is. But what I've noticed about WWE, all of a sudden they're in this record. They're in the records department. 2,000 days or 1,151 days. And when did they start that? Like a year ago? Making the uh, records count? Pretty, pretty much like a year ago when they started focusing on it very much like this. And then, of course, now we go on a, a crusade of the past. It, it looks like John was going to really get choked up there and uh, get really we sentimental. Talked about, we talked about retirement on the same week that Sting did his whole retirement. Oh, know, yeah. He's retiring at Revolution. Uh, I, I knew that was that was a whole bunch of baloney that it's John Cena. He's not he's not gonna give up. He's not gonna give up. He believes in himself, he says, and he calls out anyone to and, face and he he believes him. in he, he he believes in the people. Yes, he believes it's in them. Good interview. In they, good interview. So but uh what was he talking about? He started retirement. What was the yeah, gist he, of that interview? Well, he talked about retirement and he said it's time to face the facts. Cena reiterated that it's been a long time since he's had a win. The fans mm -hmm. start chanting, you still got it. So he says, damn it, I believe in me. I believe in you. I believe in us. Mm -hmm. He believes in the beauty that all this of all this madness and he could still go. And the time is now to turn the tide around. And he says it's going to be a bad night for the next idiot to walk through that curtain. And whoever it is, they will get smoked. And naturally that brings out Solo Sokoa. He comes down, mm -hmm. he stares off with John Cena. They start brawling with one another. This brings out Jimmy Uso, who hits John Cena with a super kick. They start two-on-one beatdown until hey, you a look at figure. Did you look at that super kick pretty close? Oh, he did not touch him at all. Nope. It was like six, it was, six it was inches like, away. 
Yeah, it was it was like it was like he missed, but he just acted like he got yeah, it. they just kept going with it. But when they played it back, they took that out. Yeah, yeah. I mean that they were they were right on that. I stopped it and backed it up. I went, uh, maybe it was the air off that kick that got him. It was Something the air. got it. The, the, the air. Yeah, that's what it was. That's what it was. Hey, we're, we're in wrestling. We we just just go ahead with it. You know, people but, don't give a crap. A hooded but. figure shows up out of the crowd. He pulls Jimmy Uso uh, out of the ring. And, of course, he pulls off his mask, and it is Jay Uso getting revenge. Who, who would have thunk it? I I mean, it's like it's like a no-brainer, but it got a good pop. That's all that really Yeah, it did. Got a good pop when he takes off the mask. He starts throwing around Jimmy until security gets in the way and breaks up the two brothers in the ring. Solo goes for the Samoan spike. Cena ducks. He hits the attitude adjustment. He poses to end the segment. So this was probably the highlight of the night for me. I thought this was the best segment of the show overall. Again, they got to the point. They, they hit a high point, and then they're gone. That's the way they used to do it. See, now, you know, before they was trying to put a bunch of other stuff in it, this, this. It didn't need it. Hit your high point and go, and they did. So, And you can attribute that to uh, directly to Triple H. He said, we're not going to get it no higher, no need to drag it out, let's go. Yeah. And they did. And that, that was a good segment, too. So now we we're hitting on about 102 uh, segments in. We only got about five more to go. Well, I skipped some stuff. So, <laughs> okay. I wanted to put all the bloodline stuff in one here, but what do you think about LA Knight getting the opportunity at Crown Jewel? And what would you say his chances are of winning this matchup? But most of all, what do you think that he's going to get out of this matchup if he doesn't walk away with the win? Well, first of all, he's still in getting over phase, is what he's doing. So remember, and we used to talk about this, they would bring him out there with the maximum. Hey, anybody who can survive maximum male models has staying power because they wanted to get rid of him then too. You, you remember reading, reading anything about that? He was on, He was on the block. And I forgot what happened, but they stayed with him and stayed with him. Then they noticed the crowd was liking him a little bit. And they said, hey, not not so fast. Because they was reading that temperature in the room. Then they started going with him a little bit, and he got over more, more. His merchandise sales picked up a little bit more. Hey, this guy's got something. Let's go with him. <clears throat> or let's, let's don't get rid of him. Let's just see what we can do with him. And it just got bigger and better. For him, and they decide, okay, let's let's give him a little push and see where we can go. Now he has a, a main event in Saudi Arabia, and do I think they'll put the belt on him? No, I do not. But I do, I do believe that even losing, he, he still wins, one way or the other, because he's in there with a the champion, has a title shot, <clears throat> at a pay per view in Saudi Arabia. So that raises his name recognition and also raises his status inside the company and in the fans' eyes. So I think this is a win-win situation for L.A. Knight for a guy to come from where he came from to where he is now. 
And how long ago was the maximum male models? Nine months, maybe? No, nah, it was uh, over a year ago. Okay. He but starts the Bray Wyatt of, program around this time last year. Like and, after, yeah, and, and after he survived. He movie. survived that. He yeah. survived. He survived Bray's uh, angle, and it did nothing for him. No, he was. I, I think that's when he broke out. He got that opportunity, and he knocked it out the park. Well, he. I think he was already moving, but I'm saying the no. angle. Not before With the Bray. Bray Wyatt was the thing that people started to be like, okay, he he's he's the he was stealing all those segments with his talking. Well, he was. That, that's how he got over. That was the thing that got him over. And before that, he was just it was just he just turned to L.A. Night and then he was beating up the maximum male models. That didn't do anything for him. It was no, I Bray didn't. Wyatt. And I don't I think Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt got him over by my favorite word, osmosis. Even though we lost, he advanced. So, and he, he took it from there. But I think it was a, finally, I think the, the creative looked at LA night and said, we got something here and let's take advantage of it. And it's going to benefit all of them. So it's a good thing I called them up and told them to do that, right? They said, who is this? I said, it's Dutch. Answers the goddamn phone. Okay, it's Dutch. Huh? I said, hey, if you guys are smart, you get behind LA night. Great talker, and he does have a vibe. You can feel it. And they started feeling what the people felt, and they're going with him now. And I'm glad they are. Everybody everybody benefits from this. Agreed there. Uh, next up, you had a backstage segment very quickly with the uh, Street Profits were shown backstage talking to Bobby Lashley. Uh, Santos Escobar then makes his entrance as we got Santos Escobar versus Montez Ford. This gets uh, nine minutes. It was a solid enough matchup, but I just felt like the finish was just lazy. It was a lazy finish as uh, you had on, on the outside Angelo Dawkins basically beating up everybody from the LWO. He throws a Santos Escobar into the the ring post. Who, who, who poured one. him? Who poured him into that coat? <clears throat> he looks like he was just poured into it, and it was tight as hell. But anyway, he tried to button he it. Looked, he, the looked, he should have just kept it open, no. my brother. Kept it open. Don't button that. Uh, but he threw another guy into a barricade. Threw the other into the steel steps. Then Santos hits him with the running knee, and he gets into the ring into a roll up by Montez Ford. For the loss here, Street Profits jump Santos as, after the matchup until Carlito comes down to make the save with the steel chair. Um, it just feels like the LWO has already run its course. I I, uh, I hate to say it, but it just feels like they, they just lose yes. every single week. Well, they were kind of getting a little warmed up. I think there's, there's too many hanger owns around the LWO that they don't really do anything with. So, but at least they're, they're there and let's see where they go with it. You know, I wouldn't give up on them yet because I think there's still potential within that group. I do think there's too many of them. Now Ray's kind of out of it. Yes. He's still no, associated with it, but he's the, he's yeah, the but leader. He is, but he's, He's got this other thing going on, so all the attention is going to go to that. But sometimes these groups just they just they just got to survive through it. Long as creative doesn't doesn't necessarily necessarily just kill them off completely, 
they still got life in them. I, I just think that the creative just doesn't have any plans for them or doesn't have use for them, that they're just a babyface squad that's relatively over because Rey Mysterio is the leader, but it's a group that's here to take losses. That's what it feels like at this point. But well, I'm always that, I'm always open for them to turn it around. Well, sometimes that's that's the way it goes. And you have to survive that and then come out on the other side. And we've seen it time and time and time again. We were just talking about L.A. Knight. Looked like he was dying. And all of a sudden, turns it around. But he had something to turn it around on. I don't know what's exactly. the selling point. I don't know what the selling point on LWO is actually going to be. The, the, selling, it, the selling point for them is is Santos turning on Ray. That's the only selling yeah, that point is. For anymore. That's the only. I think that but, that's the only. They're just spinning their wheels until we get to that point. At this point now. But what's that going to do? I mean, I, I'm agreeing with you, but what's that do really? I don't I, think that helps. It's just I don't a think match. it's going to help Santos too much. I think no, they can have great matches, but I don't think it's going to get him over in the same fashion that, you know, Don turning on Ray did. Mm-hmm. But, well, we may have we may have to go up there and talk to them, you know? Yeah. Hey, we we come up with good plans for Listen, them. yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll fly to New York, pick me up, we'll go right. to Stanford, and cool. we'll just walk in there and throw our notebooks down and say, hey, guys, we got to talk. I got plans. Then Triple H walks in. We tell him to shut his mouth and sit down too. And we'll we'll we'll, (laughs) we'll we'll book this company for the next six months. Okay, what what was next? Next up, we see the LWO backstage. They're shown talking. They were interrupted by Rey Mysterio and Zelina Vega. Mysterio said uh, he was going to take care of some business of his own. Vega asked Rey if he wanted the rest of them to have his back. But Mysterio said, thanks, but no thanks. He'd rather go it alone on this night. And this led into later on in the show, we get uh, Logan Paul come out. And this was another highlight of the show for me. I thought Logan Paul was fantastic here. Logan Paul comes out. He says six days ago, he was in England beating the living daylights out of a scumbag. Uh, Paul Paul said he won his fight and it was Let a big excuse for a fight. His opponent was who? It was uh, Denise, uh, Denise, uh, Dylan Denise. And what is he? He's like a social media guy like him. Oh, okay. If I'm not mistaken, I don't know. Uh, uh, I but. Remember now. He said it was a pathetic excuse for a fight. He should have known if he wanted real competition, he could have just had another WWE match, which gets a little bit of a cheers. Uh, Paul then brought up people. He said that he beat up some guy who hides behind a computer screen like a mask. And speaking of people who hide behind Mm -hmm. masks, uh, Paul says he already beat Rey Mysterio in his first ever WWE wrestling match. He said the last time he wrestled Rey Mysterio, he said Roman Reigns still wrestled when he showed up here. Mm -hmm. He said the last time he wrestled Rey Mysterio, Dominic was still his son. The last time he wrestled Rey Mysterio, LA Knight didn't have a job. Paul said (laughs) he knows who he is and he's a WWE superstar, baby. Um, Mysterio has something Paul needs. He said he has respect, but he doesn't need that. He has a legacy, 
but Paul is making his own legacy. He says, but he does have that U.S. championship, that U.S. championship. He says, even though he beat a deadbeat dad last weekend in England, he said he's going to have to beat another for that U.S. championship. This brings out Rey Mysterio. Uh, he's uh, um, comes out and he says that Paul reminds him of his son, Dominic. He says a lot of natural ability, dripping with passion, incredible career ahead of him, but you have a big mouth. He thinks Paul needs humbling. He was reluctant with Dominic, but with Paul, he's not going to hesitate to whoop his ass. He asks Paul if he wants his U.S. title, and Paul says, see. <laughs> I love this. See, see. <laughs> See, <laughs> when you're around Spanish, when you're around Spanish speaking people and you don't speak the language, if you say something like that, oh, that gets heat. See, oh my god, they want to kill you. It's the little voice, it's the little voice yeah. that just like, See? oh, that's, that's an ultimate get heat type of response. Uh, Mysterio said he would give Paul the opportunity at Crown Jewel, and Paul extends his hand for a handshake. Ray is hesitant, but he eventually done well, and they shake hands. And I, yeah, I thought this, I thought they knocked this segment out the park. I thought this yeah. was one of the better parts of the whole entire show. What did you think? Oh, that the handshake deal was was perfect because you kept thinking something is going to happen. And it gave you enough time to even think about something that maybe Mysterio could do yeah. to turn it around on him. But he shook the hand and they went out. So I thought, I thought if you were a non-fan and you were watching this, nothing that happened was non-believable. I mean, it was a it was a good show that, you know, you could sit down with anybody and enjoy, even though people said, oh, rest is this, rest is that. This show kind of was a, a great show to show a non-fan. And then they could follow it. They could watch it. It was entertaining. Not too long. That's what I like about it. It's not too long. They don't bore you to death with you know, segment after segment of the same thing. They'll get in and, and they'll get out. So I, this here tonight with Logan Paul and Mysterio, very, very good segment. Very good. Yes, like I said, one of the better parts of the show for me. Next up, you had tag team action. We had Grayson Waller and Austin Theory. Uh, mm -hmm. They went one. They went uh, in tag team action against Dragon Lee and Cameron Grimes. Uh, this was a six minute matchup with a commercial in the middle, so we only got about like maybe like two to three minutes of this matchup. Uh, Dragon Lee looked good in the times that we saw him, and I actually thought that Grimes and Lee actually made a pretty good duo. But this was more or less a gl glorified squash for Waller and Theory as uh, great as. Cameron Grimes gets a roll up, but uh, Grayson Waller comes in with a rolling pay dirt, pay dirt into Austin Theory hitting the A-Town down for the victory here. What did you think about this one? What do you think about the further getting the win back for A-Town down under after they lost last week to Cody and Jay? Well, the timing was right. I mean, they didn't need to go. There was nobody in this match that's really over. So I think it benefited Waller and uh, Mr. Mr. Theory about the right time. Get in, get out, go. 
And that's what you'll remember. It went too long. I'd rather go too short than go too long. Yeah. See, you need to close the door when you want to close the door, not close the door when the fans close the door on you. So they they did the they took the right approach to this match. Yeah, I think this was this was fine for what it, it was. And you know, as long as Dragon Lee didn't take the loss here, I was totally fine with this. And when uh, I looked at the people in the matchup, I was like, Yeah, it makes sense for A Town Down Under to get this victory here because Cameron Grimes can take this loss. Okay. Dragon Lee, who is he? He is from Mexico. He started off in no, believe, uh, really? CMLL. I he started off in CMLL. Oh, wow. He is the brother of Roosh, who works for AEW, and uh, B, uh, he is the son of Bestia La, La King, uh, in Jap- in uh, Mexico as well. Who works? He's worked for AAA and CMLL, and he is also the brother of Drillistico, I believe, as well. So, yeah. He has a long family okay. history. He's been in New Japan Pro Wrestling. He had a great rivalry with Hiromu Takahashi where they had like death-defying matches in Mexico and Japan. I even saw one where he he pretty much broke Hiromu's neck in uh, San Francisco back in 2018. So I've wow. been a fan of him for a very long time, but uh, it's good to see him on the main roster here. I just want to see him in a more prominent role because I feel like he's a kind of guy that you can like showcase because he has that wow factor for a new fan that will be mm-hmm. like, oh, this guy's amazing in the right. room. He looks good and he knows what he's doing. So we're like every other fan out there. Let's sit back and let's see what they do with it. And we'll tell you whether we like it or not. See, because I pick up the phone every week and I call, I call Triple H. Nobody knows this, so I know. I know. Keep it quiet. Keep it quiet, everybody. Only only Sid knows. So we and he called know. me. Says, "How was the show?" And I said, oh, "It's okay, but you need eh. to do this and this and this." You, anyway. you told him, eh, eh, eh. <laughs> yeah, eh. it's eh. okay. It's okay. <laughs> So we had a couple of like smaller uh, pre-tape segments or backstage segments here. So I just decided to put them all here in one bunch. So first you had uh, Pretty Deadly. They were at a nail and spa uh, <laughs> getting their, getting their feet and nails oh, done. I, um, I love that. I love after that. They, after they beat Brawling Brute squeaky clean, squeaky clean, uh, they talk about they feeling like Taylor Swift, and they say, lucky, lucky Travi, uh, lucky Tay-Tay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they, they are just at the spa enjoying life. They say they're getting ready for massages, and then, of course, the brawling brutes come in to yeah. give them the massage and they give them the 10 beats of the Bowery. They stuck their heads into the, where they had their feet in the, the, yeah. the bucket of, of water. They had their feet in and uh, they're all laid out as the brawling brutes said, they're going to get a pint. What did you think about this segment? This was fun. Oh, I loved it. I love when they showed the outside, you're thinking, wait a minute, is this the girls? Really? And then you go in there and it's those two Jack faces. They're sitting there, oh, mate, this, that, and the other. And then they're doing their toenails, and it was good. It's about a minute long. That's as long as it needs to be entertaining, and it didn't hurt anybody. Got the brutes back exposed, and it did its job. And that is an entertaining segment that I, I love inter- uh, segments like that. I used to do stupid shit like that in Puerto Rico, and they'd hit it and go. And I liked it, so 
See, when I built Puerto Rican TV, I just did stuff I liked. You know, somebody said, would that work? I said, hell, I don't know, but I'd like it. Put it on there. What's he going to do? It gets them exposed without putting them in a match. There you go. Different ways. Got to be creative. I like it. And then we had another uh, pre-taped uh, video from Alba Fryer and Isla Dawn, who were talking about how Chelsea Green and Piper Nevin haven't taken their warning seriously and that they have cursed the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships. And I, I, I like the fact that, they, that SmackDown is taking time to remind people that these still two women still exist. Mm-hmm. So well, eventually, eventually, hopefully they're back and we have the story to go with this whole thing. I missed this one. I don't know where it went. Maybe I passed out. I don't know. But what I do a lot of times, if it's going slow, I speed it up. So I may have went through this. But again, like, like you said, it is another way to remind people that these teams are still here in a short amount of time to fit the, to fit the whole format. I mean, they're not cheating anybody else. They're getting them on there. They're getting their minute or 90 seconds or whatever it is. But it keeps it into people's minds that these teams are still here. So what are they doing with Chelsea Green? Well, she's mainly used over on uh, Monday Night Raw, but Monday Night Raw has been using the women a lot more. So she's been having like backstage segments. Uh, they've been seemingly building to uh, her and Piper versus Natalia and Tegan Knox over on Raw. Chelsea Green, big fan of hers. Because she can really, I would do, when I was in TNA, I'd do interviews with her. Hell, I enjoyed the interviews more than the fans did. They were funny. She's she's very, very talented, versatile. She can do a lot of things. Good talker. So I wish her a lot of luck. And I think we're going to see a lot more out of her. WWE will see that in her. And I think she's going to be a big star. I'm her biggest fan. Except they... They got rid of the girl we liked, Lucy. Is that uh, her name? Well, well, Lacey has a podcast now. Lacey, if you want Lacey. to hear her feelings on uh, what she what felt she about say? her WWE run. Uh, well, she touched on uh, she almost got into a lot of fights because of her mouth. And she talked about being tired of trying to stand in front of a door and get her ideas through and being ignored. I don't blame her. I don't blame her. What you mean standing in front of a door waiting for a meeting? Basically. Well, I don't blame her because remember, the worst idea is the idea that's not pitched. Oh, that what what's the worst they can say? No, that's the worst they can say. That's what I used to tell guys who would have an idea. I said, go give it to them. Really? You think I should? I said, what's the worst thing they can say? And they look at me like. I don't know. The worst they can say is no. So what they made a movie one time about this guy who made horrible movies, horrible movies. And every time he'd go get finance for another movie, they said, your last movie was horrible. He said, yes, but the next one will be better. Let me think about that. And I'll tell you who he is. You know who I'm talking about. But if you got, a, if you got an idea, pitch it. It could be horrible, but keep pitching them. I'd rather be known for a horrible pitch than no pitch. See what I mean? At least you're throwing. And they're either swinging, hitting home runs, or they're or they're striking out. So 
most of the time they're hitting home runs only off of you, but keep throwing them, keep throwing them. But I predict her name is Lacey Evans. Yeah. Not Lucy. Lacey. Or, or Macy Estrella is her real name. Oh, I, I hate that name. I like Lacey Evans. Sergeant, I would just keep, I, I, I love the, I love the military deal she was doing in this. When they had her doing the interviews, talking to the people, directly to the people, she was getting a response then. Yeah. And I think they just, it had to be now you you kind of substantiated what I thought before. She kept getting arguments with people. That was probably it. She was maybe hard to deal with backstage. You can argue with the other talent. You can't argue with the uh, creative too much because then they'll start dealing. They'll stop dealing with you. But anyway, I can believe I think she had some good ideas and the other talent didn't like it. And that led to some arguments. But good for her. Well, at this point, they threw to a video package of the tag team title match from Raw where uh, Jimmy Uso interfered to cost Jay and Cody against the Judgment Day. We also went back to earlier in the night when Jay Uso got his revenge by jumping Jimmy Uso. And then we go backstage to Nick Aldis in his office. He has Jay Uso and he's with security and Adam Pierce arrives. He finds Jay Uso $10,000, but Adam Pierce says, well, Jimmy Uso showed up on 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 our show on Raw, so why don't you find him as well? Uh, uh, Nick Aldis tells security to escort Jay Uso from the building, and uh, Adam Pierce uh, says something. So uh, Aldis says, "Can you escort Pierce from the building as well?" And Pierce says, "Oh, really?" And Aldis says, "Yes." And Pierce says, "Let the games begin." So this seems to tease that we, we called it right. Heading a war games or raw versus smackdown at survivor series yeah we we called it right i think those two to slow it down a little bit both of them got they're both good talkers especially nick yeah. nick's going to be the heel and they're looking at each other like listen i'm the boss over here you stay over there and that's plainly that was plainly demonstrated tonight. I'm really looking forward to see what they do between these two guys. I really do. Are the two brands? See that that takes in that takes in everybody really. So That's I'm true. interested in seeing. I, I'm interested in seeing what they're do, they're going to do because I'm not a big fan of this the damn the overseer of Raw and overseeing of of SmackDown. And it was too much for one guy anyway. Yeah. They had the right idea. Put another guy in the spot. Now you've got another angle to throw at him. So let's see where he goes. We shall see. Uh, next up, uh, right before the main event, we get a Kevin Owens interview. He sits down with Kathy Kelly. Kelly asks Owens what he it felt like to be separated from his best friend, Sami Zayn. Owens says he doesn't feel great. He notes that uh, how they did get uh, a lot to get. They did accomplish a lot together and to be separated in the way they were separated. It hurt. Owen said he's happy to be on SmackDown because it's a clean slate and it's, but he's, it's also bittersweet. He mentions that he has a lot of history with the bloodline and he expects to cross paths with them again, but he wants a first time singles match with Rey Mysterio. He's never faced Sheamus before. He says there are a lot of new faces to punch like the brawling broods, the LW, 
NWO. He asks Kelly, or oh, if there's anybody she wanted him to punch, and she couldn't <laughs> answer that. But he says, uh, he says, I know plenty of people want all you want to punch Austin Theory and Grayson Waller. She says, Yeah, they have a punchable face. He says, Well, they're added to the list. He says, All that he wants people to know is that this is the Kevin Owens show, and that's how everything ended. And I was just sitting here the whole time, and I was like, Well. You don't have any idea what you're doing with Kevin Owens yet. This is what I think. I think some guy is going to start picking on what's her name, Kathy Owens? Kathy Kelly. Kathy Kelly. And he'll come and take up for her. And that's a start. Because they may not have a spot for him. They're figuring a spot right now. So I think Kathy has a problem with one of the guys, maybe the – one of the two guys down under and Waller their names Harry and Water. Yeah. I think they'll try to gang up on her or do something and he, he sails in and takes up for her. And that's a good starting point. Because I think they opened the gates on this one. And it's gonna and we'll see in the next week or two if they do that. Yeah, but that'd be a good place for him to start. He's not starting cold. Now he has something behind him and and, and we'll see because uh i think he would do he and with the partner would between uh, against those two guys that'd be a hell of a matchup they can do a lot with it that waller and grayson their partner is sammy zane and now he's separated from him yep well who knows but i think they have opened so many doors here i think they got more doors open than they got doors closed and that's a good spot to be in so yeah i just i just wanted something a hint at what we were getting from owens on smackdown and it seems like he threw out a whole bunch of names and it was just like nothing really would stick but we'll patience, see, we'll see pain, what said patience a little patience hey hey I, can, got, I, I have got, patience but i can nitpick if Something wasted my time. Oh, well, you it, felt like it, it felt like it wasted my time. I was like, did this really need to be on oh. the show? Okay, since you said that, this screw this crap. They didn't <laughs> do shit. This bastard sit there all week, can't come up with nothing. Damn. But I, I enjoyed that. But it, it took me somewhere. It just didn't take me anywhere. I felt like I felt like I was <laughs> waiting for the bus to move. Uh, but something that did take me somewhere and make me feel something was the main event. You had EO Sky defending the WWE Women's Championship against Charlotte Flair. This was a very good matchup and got plenty of time. Great, great. Uh, 16, oh, just over 16 minutes. Uh, went through what two, two commercial Rick, 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 Rick would have been in heaven. Yes. Yes, with this 16-minute match. Yes. Loves love seeing the women get this much time. And they had pretty good chemistry as well. Uh, after a distraction from damage control, Sky took Question. over. Yeah. How long has EO Sky been working? <clears throat> EO Sky has been working since she was a teenager, basically, in Japan. How many years she been in? Uh, give me 10, one. 12. I, it's been, it's been over 10. I believe it's been 12 years. Very talented. 12. Yeah. Very talented. And those two, uh, Charlotte and her tonight, uh, they had a great match. Yeah. That would have been a great house show match. 
a great TV match. That'd have been a great pay-per-view match because they didn't miss anything. So very, very, both of them are very talented. I'm a big fan of, I didn't even know EO Sky from Solo Joe. I don't know now, but I know her. And she is, she's she got a lot of. 2007, 16 years. Okay. That was about what I said. Since, 12, she, was, since she was 17. But wrestling that long in Japan is different than wrestling that long in the States. Because I, I think you learn the business more in Japan. Yeah. Than you, than you will working in the States because all the States can do is the girls can work independence. And they actually develop more bad habits working independence than than they develop good good habits. EO work with the pros. Don't do this. Don't do that. Slow down. You know that they walk her through it. But working with the independents, and you can't really learn anything if you're working with people with no more knowledge than you have. So they have more knowledge. And but. EO Sky and Charlotte, they had they had a they had a masterpiece tonight. Really good, really good matchup to close the show here. And I thought they worked really well with one another and took different type of uh, big bumps and big risks. Like uh, Charlotte taking like a tough sit out power bomb uh, from EO Sky from the second rope uh, for a near fall. They were trading. Uh, yeah, Charlotte with a bunch of chops. Final one puts down uh, EO Sky. She lands a fall away slam. Uh, she hits a big Samoan drop from the uh, second from the second rope and avalanche uh, Samoan drop at one point for a near fall. The finish I I really enjoyed because it was basically the numbers of damage control got the better of Charlotte. She hits a big spear, but yeah, Bailey smoothly gets the foot on the bottom rope uh, for the referee to see. Then Charlotte beats up Bailey around ringside, takes her out meanwhile dakota kai is passing eo sky the wwe women's championship she gets on the apron to distract the referee charlotte gets back into the ring she handed her the belt very yeah you didn't even see it it was it was off camera it was off camera but but i i saw the entire matchup she had the title so i saw everything how it played out when she went to the apron i was like Where's the title? And I was like, when EO turned around, I was like, oh, there's the title. So she turns around. Charlotte goes for a spear and just hits right and into she the has, championship. She has it right here. Yeah. Yep. So, almost, she, she, so ba- she doesn't even she, see it. Yeah, yeah. yeah she baited her into it. Charlotte it was good. doesn't even see it. It was perfect. And then she just covers her one, two, three. EO Sky retained the WWE Women's Championship. And then the cherry on top was the post-match where you have damage control jumping Charlotte Flair until Bianca Belair makes her return to get rid of damage control, beats up the EO Sky, beats up Bailey. Bailey saves EO from the KOD. So instead, she takes the KOD to end the show as Bianca helps Charlotte stand up and they stand tall. Good stuff. I thought that this was a nice setup for what's the next chapter of this, as we're going to have the Queen and the EST working together against damage control. And it still seems like we're still building to the bigger matchup because they keep having these two women interact with one another. It still feels like we're heading to WrestleMania with Charlotte and Bianca. I feel like one of them is going to take the title from EO before we get to WrestleMania. Okay, who does Charlotte have in the Saudi Arabia? 
Uh, I'm neither. No one's booked for Saudi Arabia. I think Bianca Belair uh, is booked now. She's been advertised. She's on the poster. So maybe they add Bianca Belair versus EO Sky for the for the Crown Jewel pay per view. But I, I think Charlotte's not on it for sure. Yeah. What do what do the women do when they go to Saudi Arabia? Well, they now they dress can work up. It. No, no. That, yeah, they just have to cover up. They have to wear different attire. They can't show any skin. Hmm. Well. And I don't mind that either. Their talent st is still there. They just make them cover their tops and bottoms up a little more, yeah. which is their right. That's their if that's what they want. But I'm I'm just glad that women are on the on the card over there. So yeah, we went this, from them this never being on the card to to actually they were going to have a five way on this card on uh, Crown Jewel. Uh, who's who is that announcer that sits in the middle of that? That's Kevin Patrick. Where's he from? He's from Ireland, I think. Yeah, Scotland, that's what I thought. Ireland. I thought he had a little he had a little bit of an an accent, but yeah. I'm not a big fan of three ways of the three way man. Well, I'm yeah. just three person announced teams. Yeah, they're not. Well, they they don't they don't have a color guy. Yeah, it was it was weird. I felt I, I I don't know about you, but it felt like they went a different direction with commentary tonight, especially for the main event. That was the only thing that felt off for me during the main event because it felt like everybody was against damage control. Like Corey, who's usually the heel announcer, he was definitely favoring Charlotte throughout that matchup, and that just made it weird for me. I was like, "Well, you're the heel announcer. Why are you going for Char Charlotte? And why are you like?" going against damage control and defending Charlotte at every turn, even when Kevin Patrick is just saying facts yeah. about the matter. It was weird. Maybe maybe that was it. Why don't we go up there and just call him in the back and slap the shit out of him? So next time you do that, remember what your job is. So And we'll be listening, by God. So, yeah, his, that, that three-man booth, I don't think <clears throat> I don't think it hurts the effort, but it doesn't help it. It's what I'm thinking. I don't think they really add that much to it. But so why did they put what is the job of the of the Irish guy? He's, he's almost the head announcer, right? Yeah, he's the play-by-play -play guy. He is? Yep. If Damn. if you I, I I listened keenly to the main event because it was just caught me off guard. It was like in the early minutes that the whole exchange happened where Corey was defending Charlotte. I was just like, I just listened to the rest of the matchup. And yeah, Kevin Patrick did the play-by-play -play for that entire matchup. Michael would add like pro babyface stuff. And then Corey would add like certain moves or just adding different things like he usually adds from his different character. But it was weird because he wasn't favoring damage control. It was like, you're the heel announcer, but you're not doing the job of the heel announcer. No, I don't get it. I'm going to ask you a question real quick. <clears throat> WWE turned down uh, CM Punk. Will we see him there eventually or no? Well, they, they did extend the Survivor Series seats. They had sold out at like uh, 12,000 plus, and they extended the seats to 15,000 because of the demand. So is the demand because CM Punk's coming in? I don't know. We'll see. It's, it's what, is the date, what is the data, uh, date on that? 
Uh, the and that is no no in November at the end of November. And that's in Chicago. Yeah, in Chicago. Okay. We shall I think see. I, I I still think this is a misdirection. I think we're going to see him. We because will see, and we will talk about it when it happens. He's floating out there, and I think they're going to feel it. So, anything we else we need to know? Nope, that is the show. That was the entire I show. Think this for show Smackdown has been so much better without that damn Rick. And Rick, he's not sick. You know what Rick's doing? He's like this. What's your grade for tonight's SmackDown, Dutch Mantel? The grade? Yeah, your grade. Or a number? Out of, 10, or... out of 10, what did you give the show? Oh, I'll give it a, an 8, 8, 2, 8, 3. I go More, seven out of better. ten. Seven out of ten. That's good. Well, we're, good we're about there. It was good. good. Passing, passing show. I mean, there was there was no garbage on this show. Anything could pass. So, and I think a lot of thought was put into it. I appreciate it. I think the fans appreciated it. So, good show. I, I, and I'll tell you, if it's a shitty show, if we've seen a lot of them. So but. hey, we were we were there like two three weeks ago, Dutch. Uh, but Dutch, let the people know where they can follow you on social media. Okay, you you can follow me on social media at Dirty Dutch Mantel with two L's at gmail.com. and you can find me by the uh, real Dirty Dutch on what's the deal on Facebook, uh, Instagram. You can find me there. And I'm gonna have to rework all this crap. I just need one name. I just need like you know, Twitter went to X. Well, you can remember yeah. X. I gotta go to something else that's simple to remember. I might just go a star. How's that? One star and that's it. So and uh if you if you want to purchase these fine books, I think everybody needs to be on everybody's list, wrestling one oh one list. To read these uh, books, write me at Dirty Dust Mantel, 2Ls at gmail.com, and get right back to you. Where can we see you, Mr. You Sid? Follow me on the Twitter machine at True Hill SP3, and tomorrow at 11.05 a.m. Eastern Time, the True Hill Heat flagship podcast. It will be myself, Miss Chrissy Love. We will be joined by Zach Haydorn of PW Torch to talk all about this week in WWE, AEW, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Impact Wrestling, preview of Brown for Glory, and more. Uh, Dutch, one final question before we sign off yeah. with the people. Your thoughts on Sting announcing that he will have his retirement match next year, March at Revolution, the end of a legendary career of Sting. And we got three extra years that nobody saw coming where he retransformed himself into a daredevil. But final comments, your thoughts on Sting calling it a career at 65 years old next year. I'm going to I'm going to call you his last match, his last opponent. Who's it? Who do you think who? his last opponent would be? Well, I'm on. I have the perfect. Talk. I've had the perfect option, but I'm willing to hear other options. You know, we're a I'll booking committee my, here. They should call uh, us the yeah. booking committee. Another show idea, Swartzkita. Me and Dutch, the booking committee. <laughs> I'll give you an idea that I don't that I thought of the other day. Who recently retired had his last match? 
who recently retired and had his last match. Uh, who? Yeah. Ric Flair. He almost right. He almost died in the ring. I thought in Nashville, and all of a sudden, out of the clear blue, he pops up and he says, "Well, I think I'm going to have another match. Just one more." Just one, one more. more match. One more. And I, I got even my dog responded to that. Yes. And all of a sudden, Sting comes out. He's retiring and he's going to have one more match. But now all they're looking for is somebody to finance this pay per view. So who they got? They got Tony Khan sitting there. And I think we might see Flair and Sting the last go around or the last dance or the last drink of the night or whatever. And who knows what it might be. So would you watch it? No, no, I wouldn't watch it either. But a lot of people, I didn't think a lot of people would watch the last one with flair. And they did. And they did. I don't know. Say the last. Ask the Eagles. Ask the Eagles. A car wreck is very entertaining. Yeah. Ask the Eagles sometimes about the last tour. They hell, they went twenty years on that. So Flair, he might be doing a last match in nineteen. I mean, a twenty thirty one if he's still alive, and that would be a good one if he's already passed away. <laughs> then he has the last match. I would even pay to see that. But anyway, that's what I think. What do you think? Um, Singh's been very adamant that he wants to continue doing tag matches because that protects them in his 60s. He doesn't have to do too much. So he probably wants to do his last match still with Darby Allen. So I think the perfect yeah. matchup for them, Sting and Darby Allen versus Adam Copeland and Christian Cage reuniting for the very first time. Well, you're booking out of common sense. <laughs> I'm, I'm booking out of ridiculousness. So, anyway, this is this that, is why we're the perfect booking committee. That, that 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 would be a good choice. But I, I like the. I don't know. I think Flair and Sting together. It, it would be a train wreck that you just can't you can't miss. You, I, I, mean, I do. I do suspect Rick Flair to be front row. That they do, they're gonna do like the whole big ceremony thing of oh, we'll have Flair front row, we'll have Luger front row, we'll have we'll have Scott Steiner, not Rick Steiner. Rick Steiner could stay his ass home. Uh, we'll have uh, we'll have Buff Bagwell there. You know, every everyone that's known for Sting, Ricky the Dragon, Steamboat, all those guys will be in the front row for that matchup. Who's going in the WWE Hall of Fame this year or next Bring year? Wyatt. Bray Wyatt, 100%. Mm -hmm. Who else? Um, any, any more? Uh, Bray Wyatt, I think, is going to be maybe the headliner. But I can see, I can see, mm -hmm. I can see maybe, I want to say The Rock, but I think if The Rock does that, he's going to have one more match at WrestleMania. And it's not this year. So I think, well, The Rock, he could be eligible for it at any time. But I think he's going to like it, like like you said, he wants to be if he's going to be inducted, be inducted along with another campaign, so you run it all together. I'm agreeing with you there. Okay. All right, guys. I want people this to write me a dirty Dutchman tale and tell me tell me who they want to see in the WWE Hall of Fame. 
There we go. You got something for next week. Let us know in the comments who you think should join the WWE Hall of Fame for Dutch Mantel. Rick Eugenio, we hope you're feeling better. He wasn't with us this week. He'll be back next yep. week. But it is me. It is me, your true hill phenom, SP3. Like, comment, share, subscribe for Sports Kita by Russell Binge. And we'll see you next Friday right here on Smack Talk. Later, y'all.